Greetings, Grace Church, Journey, any and everyone who might be listening. It's Matt again with another week of the Journey podcast, I guess it is. I don't I don't know what an official name for this would be, but we'll think of something clever and get back to you on that. But I just want to take a second and say that I miss you all dearly. I got to talk with Pastor a couple of days ago, and we were just talking about how we got to do the drive-through and just what that did for Pastor and Sister Murphy, and in the same sense, what that did for me. I can't speak for anyone else, but it it was a sigh of relief. It was it was just I, I can't I can't even put into words what it was to see my pastor and my pastor's wife and and their family and all of our church people just even though we didn't really get to speak just being able to be together and seeing each other <clears throat> it really blessed me and i just want you guys to know that i love you all i miss you all dearly i'm praying for you and i'm just excited to see what god's going to do through all of this virus and quarantine and social distancing and all of this stuff. I'm excited to see what God does for the church and through the church. With that being said, we're going to kickstart a new series that I feel I feel that the Lord has given me for you guys. And the the caption or I guess title would be God said. And there's going to be subtitles different different moments or di- different 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 meanings throughout each each lesson or series or talk I guess I don't I don't know but the objective is to share with you guys what I feel the Lord has given me for us in this season that we're in right now and it's all going to be straight from the word of God and it's going to be some revelatory stuff that I feel the Lord has given me. But I hope it blesses you guys and I pray that it encourages you guys and that that you 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 grab a hold of this and you run with it. Because I believe that this series will greatly affect your ministry. It will greatly impact your life and the life of those around you. <clears throat> So the first the first installment of God said is going to be God said stop. And my reading is going to come from John 8 New King James version starting in verse 1 it says but Jesus went to the mount of olives now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and they had set her in the midst, and they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Verse 6, this they said, testing him that that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his fingers, as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, 
let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Take note of that right there. The end of verse eight, verse eight, Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. I've always found that God usually speaks to me or or provides revelation to me whenever I'm whenever I'm alone with him in the midst, whenever I'm it's just me and God, whenever everything else is tuned out, there's no distractions, there's no nothing, whether I'm in I'm in my prayer room, whether whether I'm at the church, whether I'm in my truck, just whenever it's me and God, we're alone. And I've I've learned I've seen that in, in just in life. Some of some of the best little nuggets of wisdom that I've received from mentors, from just just men and women of God was was in those moments where we'd just be alone talking. You know, just just simple conver just back and forth conversation whenever whenever they 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 toss a nugget out here or they toss something out there that that sticks with you all of your life and 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 i'm i'm learning that through life throughout life god does that on purpose and and it's because there's there's a sincere intimacy that god wants with each of us <clears throat> to where we we won't be able to hear his voice through all the mass chaos and confusion because we're not intended to. It's in the stillness that we can hear God's voice. It's in the calm that we hear God's voice. God obviously speaks through the chaos. God speaks. God can and does speak in any and every situation, in any any circumstance. God can and does speak. But what I've learned in my life through my short 26 years of living is that I am able to hear God's voice more definitely, more, more, more confidently than any other time in the stillness. Whenever it's just he and I, whenever I'm alone with him <clears throat> and that that's important with, with where, where we're going, with where we're at now in and just the situation that we're in with this global pandemic, when stay-at-home orders, especially in Louisiana, are are rampant. You know, I I don't I don't think I I logged onto Facebook without seeing someone post something saying "stay at home." You know, it's everywhere. Stay at home. Don't leave your house. So this stuff could end. So we can leave our house. And I live by myself. So. Whenever I'm not at work, I'm at home by myself. And I've noticed that the conversations that me and God have had have gotten a lot more intimate, have gotten a lot more deep. And that's because in the everyday life, everyday stuff going on, yeah, although I might be I might be at home, there's I've got company or I've got or I've got stuff on my mind or I've got I'm I'm thinking of something I've got to do somewhere I've got to be. And it hasn't been the stillness that it is now of I'm home. Nowhere is open. There's nowhere for me to go. No one's coming over here. It's it's just me. And 
I believe God is God is using that on purpose. God is very intentional about what he does. So jumping back in at verse 10. Verse 10, yeah. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now notice right there in that last little part of verse 11, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. God gave, God gave her a commandment, but he also gave her a charge. There's a big difference between a commandment and a charge. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that later on, but just, just staying on topic here, go and sin no more. That's very important with where we are today, because in a sense, we can't go. In a sense, we're stuck at home. So I, I can't go out and and share the gospel at the mall. I can't go out and go witness to witness to someone at Perkins Row. I, I can't I physically can't do that. But what I can do is control what I can. And I'm a baseball player. And one of one of the one of the most profound sayings that that if you play any type of sport you'll hear is control your controllables, control the controllables, which means if I'm playing third base, I'm not responsible for making sure every pitch is a strike. I'm not responsible for making sure that the outfielder catches the ball. That's not my job. My job is to make sure that if a ball gets hit to me, that I field it, and I throw it to first base and get the out. That's that's my that's all I can control. And what God, what Jesus is telling this woman here in John eight is go and sin no more. Now it's different for her than it is for us because I was talking to a good friend of mine and he said that his pastor shared his pastor preached about this and and he offered the the insight that when she did go. She went right back to where she, or we have to assume that she went right back to where she came from. Because where else was she going to go? There, I mean, the, we, I don't see any other, I don't, I don't see any, anything else indicating anything else along those lines. But in this immediate moment, where else did she have to go except back to her house? back to the environment that she came from. And in doing so, she had to immediately change her lifestyle. She had to change everything about her. Her friends, everyone that knew her, they knew her as the sinner. They, they knew her by this specific sin that defined her life. And after this encounter with Jesus, she's now being charged to go and sin no more. Go back where you came from, but be completely different. Go back where you came from, but don't do things the same way you did. Do it differently. And I believe where we are right now in, in this time is God has, God has told us to go back home, stay home, but sin no more. And, and this clicked to me because I know in my life, 
I'm more prone to sin whenever I've got nothing to do. You know, whenever I'm sitting at the house, there's not too much going on. I don't I don't have a lot of stuff happening around me. I'm not busy. No friends, no friends coming over, nothing to do. Just bored, you know. And that usually just in my life, in my past experiences would lead to sin of some sort. And I can just I can just imagine how it is for you guys. I can imagine how it was for this woman here to be completely changed, to have an encounter with Jesus. So much so to where she was convinced that she was where she that she was going to die and the law backed it backed it up. If you scroll back up, the Pharisees said, according to Moses's law, one of your people's law, Jesus, we are to stone her because we caught her in the very act of adultery. But what do you say? The, the law was correct. The, the Pharisees were correct based off of the law that she is to be stoned. So what changed? An encounter with Jesus, an intimate moment alone with Jesus Christ. Going back to that verse, verse nine, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. I've always found that whenever I'm standing in the midst of a move of God, things just make more sense. Things are just more clear there. But this is this is what I want you guys to get out of this lesson. God said, stop. God told her to go, go. That was the commandment but sin no more. Go, but stop. If you're going to be used by God, there will always be a commandment to go. But before you can go, you have to stop something. I don't know what that something is in your life, but you do. And where God is calling the church, where God is calling journey, where God is calling you, is to a new place, to a new dimension, to go somewhere you've never been before. But before you can go, you have to stop. And that won't happen without an intimate encounter with God, an intimate moment alone with Jesus Christ. Whenever whenever your sin, your wrong can be brought before your face, can be brought before your very eyes where you are aware that this is wrong. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. And the Bible also says that we were born into sin. So up until Jesus, our only hope, in fact, we had no hope up up until Jesus Christ. The only promise that we had was death, was hell, because for the wages of sin is death and we were born into sin. So all we had to hope for was death. Jesus enters the scene. Now we have hope. We have new life. We we have a future. We have something to look forward to. All by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. But Jesus is calling us to go. And what that looks like for you might be different from what it looks like for me. But the commission is still the same. Go ye therefore into all the nations. Go. But before you can go, you have to stop. And the, the, the revelation that God gave me for this is whenever, whenever God calls you to go, maybe God has already called you to go. The reason you haven't gone yet, 
The reason you haven't done it yet is because you haven't stopped something. You haven't surrendered something to God. Whatever that is, it has to be stopped before you can effectively go. And I'm coming to a close. I'll I'll end with this. God is a merciful God. God is a gracious God. God God doesn't want to hold anything from you. God wants the absolute best for his children. That and that that applies to your personal life, that applies to your ministry, that applies to every aspect of your life. If you were God's child, he wants the absolute best for you. And he understands very well what will keep us back from the absolute best. Just like a parent, I I and I, I was a hard-headed child growing up. I was very hard-headed. If you ask my parents, they will confirm. And I don't I don't know. I just I just liked to touch the stove or or you know, just 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 things, just stuff you do as a kid. And I knew it was hot. I knew it was going to burn my hand, but I was just fascinated with the little red glow. I was like, that's cool. I want to touch it. You know? Like Steve Irwin wanting to play with a a lion in the in the wilderness. I know it can kill me it can it can bite my head off and not even blink but i'm gonna jump on its back you know that's something steve Irwin would say and god understands our our human nature god understands that we we are sinners the bible says where sin did abound grace did much more abound where i was born into sin i am now covered by grace And God's grace is sufficient for your past, for my past. God's grace covers a multitude of sins and it's there for us. But what what the Lord what the Lord gave me to give to you is that before we can go, we have to stop. I don't know what that thing is for you, but we have to stop and and. From the sounds of things, the gov- everything's about to be opened back up here shortly. In the next few weeks is what it's looking like. So we won't have the excuse of, well, I, I can't reach out to my friends. I can't witness to my friends because I don't see them anymore. Or I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the same connections that I did because we aren't, we aren't around as often. Those excuses will be no more. Or even taking it a step further... I can't be used in the church because I know I know what I what I've done. I know what God is calling me to do. I know what I have a passion to do in the church. I know what I want to do for the church, but for whatever reason, I just can't I just can't stop what it is that I know is defying against what what the church's rules are for me to be used. This is my message to you. God has given you the call to go. He's given you the commission. You have everything that you need to go. But before you can go, you have to stop. And this is my plea to you. Jesus is coming back soon. He is coming back soon. But before he does, he's given you every opportunity that he can for you to taste and see that the Lord is good. For you to partake 
in the benefits of living a godly life. And I urge you, friend, taste and see. Try it out. Stop whatever it is and go. Trust God and see what he does for you and see what he does through you. I love you. I'm praying for you. If I can be of any assistance, if I can reach out, if if there's anything that I can do for you, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm here for you. I love you. The church is here for you. We love you. We believe in you. And we're excited to see what God does in your life. God bless you guys. Goodbye.